Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Welcome to the Rocktober edition of the Sports Rivals. For Ernie, I'm Monty, and together we're going to cover the world of sports. And Ernie, there is a lot to talk about. We've got the Major League playoffs. We've got the NBA training camps getting started. And of course, the NFL no game this week for the University of Hawaii. They're on their bye week. Hopefully, they get a chance to regroup. Mm-hmm. Heading into next week's battle with San Diego State. Hopefully, they can get off the schneid and get back on the winning track. That's going to be a big game for them. Locally, the big news was last night's game between number one, Kahuku, and number two, Campbell. Ernie's alma mater, the Sabres. Kahuku prevails 38-7. to They just seem to be on another planet yeah. uh, from everyone else in this state. Um, 38-7 to in that one. Looks like Kahuku is going to roll, barring any... Last night they played without their quarterback, and they still won 38-7 to behind Fonotti's three touchdowns and 160 yards rushing in the first half. Yeah, but I'm glad... You know what, what I'm really glad about this game is that uh, in years past, when we were going to school, it was basically a private school. And the private schools recording, uh, recruiting from uh, at the at the beach area, mm-hmm. recruiting from the North Shore area. You know, depriving Kohuku and Campbell. You know, from those really star players. Now they're staying home, and it shows now that you know. I don't know about you, but for me, if you're going to be regional, this is the best way to do it. So you got number two Campbell. Uh, number one, Kohuku, with their own players. And I'm sure there's some defections going to some private schools here and there. But in most part, uh, you know, the powers that be, the ones that really make these teams, are staying home. And I'm, I'm, I'm real glad that it's happening this way. I mean, when was the last time that the top three teams <clears throat> in the state, Kahuku, Campbell, and Mililani, Mililani will go to three now. Campbell will probably, I mean, Mililani will go to two. Campbell will drop to three. But Campbell beat Punahou, so I'm assuming they're going to stay ahead of Punahou. The top three teams in the state, all public, public schools. schools. You know, yeah. So that's something that we haven't seen in quite a while. And uh, the ILH is wide open. St. Louis is down. Although, shout out to Saiten, who had two touchdowns for the St. Louis Crusaders uh, in their game over the weekend against Kamehameha. Punahou is not as strong as they've been the last couple of years. Still the class of the ILH so far, but it looked like it's... uh, I'm thinking it's going to end up being a Kahuku Mililani championship um, for the state championship. Mililani looks incredible as well. Well, if Saited stayed at Campbell... Maybe Campbell would have a better <laughs> chance last night. But way to go, Saiten. All right. The sad news, though, is that I'm sure many of you heard, those of you listening in Hawaii, especially those of you on Oahu, heard the controversy. Last night was Kalani's uh, homecoming game against Kalahale. They played at Kaiser High School. It's their homecoming. The, they, all their students are there. The band's there waiting to celebrate their homecoming game. No referees show up. The game has to be canceled. Um, that that's uh, that can't happen. I mean, yeah, how, how does that happen a, where you have to cancel uh, a game and and a homecoming game? I mean, for the seniors, um, that that's a big, big, big deal. So a little bit of a disappointment yeah. there. And shout out to all of you at Kalani Homecoming Week. I hope you guys had an unbelievable week. So Ernie, before we transition into the NFL, we got to talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs. Last week, I confidently predicted that the Toronto Blue Jays were going to represent the American League. They went out in two straight. <laughs> um, all sweeps in the first round. You had Toronto losing two straight to Minnesota. You had the Rangers rolling. You had Arizona surprising the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and then you had the Philadelphia Phillies, who I believe is probably playing about the best baseball right now. And then in the first set of games over the weekend, you had my Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, getting rocked for six runs in the top of the first inning and the Dodgers go out and get pummeled 11 to 2 with their backs to the wall now we'll see if they can rebound Philadelphia goes into Atlanta knocks off Atlanta 3 to 0 to take a 1-0 lead 
And then the Texas Rangers go to Baltimore, win 3-2 yesterday, pound them today, scoring 11 runs, winning 11-8 to go up 2-0. And guys, in the divisional round, it's a best out of five. So the Texas Rangers are up 2-0 going home now. So the Rangers are looking good. And the Twins just beat the Astros to knock that one up at 1. So in the American League, you've got the Rangers up 2-0, the Twins and Astros tied at 1, and the favorited uh, Braves and Dodgers both find themselves trailing 1-0 heading into Game 2 tomorrow. Your thoughts on the Major League playoffs? If St. Louis ain't there... I don't really care. Isn't that poetic? (laughs) Ernie busting a rhyme right there. If the Cardinals aren't there, Ernie does not care. The only thing that I want to touch on, and I touched about this uh, last last year as well. I I I am still along the lines that I am not sure as we lengthen the playoffs. Right? We it used to be where there was a play-in game. It was one game, and then you start the division around. Now it's gone to a best two out of three. So the season ends on Sunday, and you don't start the next playoff series till the following Saturday. All you got to do is look at the results to show that it's a disadvantage to these teams not playing in the first round. Braves lose. Dodgers lose. Orioles lose twice already. There's something about taking six days off when somebody else is playing active, competitive baseball. I agree. That it's a disadvantage. Last year, we saw that with the Phillies getting all the way and the Astros getting all the way to the World Series. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just not sure how, what to do with this, but it seems to be a disadvantage to the teams that have the buys other than they get one um, series off. But it, does it really matter if you get the series off if you lose in the first round that you play? That's what's looking like what may happen to many of these teams. Right, and I, I think really, on a serious note, baseball is going to have to reinvent itself. Right now, it's, it's uh, you know, on the outside looking in as far as that top major sports are concerned. Uh, you got all these sports increasing their revenue streams as far as TV contracts and whatnot. Uh, baseball right now, I think, is in the doldrums. Last year was more exciting. At least we had storylines. <laughs> you know, with uh, with uh, with Aaron Judd and whatnot, and uh, without those storylines and uh, casual fan, and like I said, uh, if the St. Louis Cardinals aren't there, I'm a casual fan. It's 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 not interesting to me. Uh, baseball, <clears throat> their commissioner is going to have to find find some creative way to infuse interests into their sport or I have a feeling in the next 10-15 years uh, they, might find, they might find themselves as I mean long gone has baseball been from the America's pastime Yeah, they've fallen behind uh, obviously the NFL and the NBA I think and, and you know the way that uh, maybe uh, ice hockey and maybe even soccer, MLS or soccer well, I think with baseball, I think TV ratings are are what's important and what drives revenue. It's all these regional, re, like all the Dodger games are on here in Hawaii. All the Yankee games are on in New York. I think that's what drives the money. However, Major League Baseball did have record attendance this year. They set a record, all-time attendance record this year. So people are still showing up at the games. But what you're talking about is just general interest on TV. I think yes. baseball is very popular within their cities. Yes. And, and baseball does a really good job of putting teams in really good cities other than Tampa, which as good as they are, they never get the support that they deserve. So you're right there. I mean, and this year, no Yankees, no Red Sox. When was the last time there was no Yankees and no Red Sox? I think it's been like 25 years since that has happened. Neither of them being in there. So, yeah, as long as the Dodgers win, I'm all in. You're all in. But as soon as they lose, uh, that would be that would be a brummer. Now, before we transition to the NFL, just one more congratulations to Simone Biles. The World Championships of Gymnastics were this week. She won Team Gold with Team USA. She won Individual Gold. And then today, she wins the Beam Gold and the Floor Gold. Four more gold medals. Now has uh, Ernie. 37 world championship or olympic medals including 20 something gold medals considering where she was at the tokyo olympics with the whoopsies and she couldn't even compete 
to get back in less than two years to be the dominant player in the world at 26 years old, which for a gymnast old. is ancient, she definitely looks to be the favorite heading into Paris next year. Oh, yeah. Simone Biles, to me, one of the top two with Serena Williams, female athletes of all time. I would have to agree, especially the way that she's influenced that sport. 15 years ago, you didn't see any African-American gymnasts out there. No, half your team is African-American. Yep. I mean, just the way that she's transcended that sports is, is incredible. Just like how Serena did for tennis, now you're seeing the infusion of uh, you know other... Other ethnicities, let's just, let's call it that, because you have now Asians in there, you know, it's just not, a, it's, it's, and I, I don't want to make it racial, but it's just not a white man's sport anymore. It's a sport for all spectators to follow, so congratulations to Simone, and I'm glad that she did it this way. Not going to talk a lot about the NCAA college football, not a whole lot going on. Again, Georgia continues to roll. I think in the biggest game, especially for us local people, Oklahoma beating Texas 34 to 30 on Dylan Gabriel's touchdown pass with under 15 seconds to go leading Oklahoma to a victory over number three Texas Oklahoma jumps to number five in the poll and then the other thing you alluded to this last week USC struggles again they go to triple overtime to win 43 to 41 their defense is just not good they're saved by Caleb Williams week after week after week and they continue to drop. They're all they're all the way down to ten now in the polls. They started at five, so they're six and zero. Oh. They started at five. They're now ten because they seem to be struggling, and other teams seem to be playing better than USC so far. But earning my Miami Hurricanes. What's wrong with them? They were four and zero, oh, playing brilliant ball. They had a bye week last week, and check this out. Ever since 2017, the week after their bye, they've lost. Eight years in a row, they've lost coming off a bye. They were 19-point favorites over Georgia Tech. They laid a dud. They weren't playing that well. Tyler Van Dyke had the worst game you can imagine with three interceptions, all of them in, in when Red they're zone. going into score. Red zone, like, almost. And even with all of that, Miami has the ball with 33 seconds left. All they have to do is take a knee. The game is over. Instead, they hand the ball off. The running back fumbles. Georgia Tech recovers. Two plays later, they let somebody get deep over the top. Georgia Tech knocks off Miami with two seconds left. The most asinine coaching decision you can imagine. And I'm a Mario Cristobal fan, but that is just completely inexcusable. And then for Miami, any hopes that they had of some kind of a great season dashed because of stupidity by the coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, if all she had to do is deal to secure the win, I just think they just wanted more respect out of this, trying to find their ways into the polls for somewhat, whatever reason. I mean, just the fact that they were within a touchdown away from, even if they won the game, uh, I mean, yeah, that coach got to gotta realize it's better to have a bird in hand than two in the bush. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that was my nightmare last night. Cheering for my Miami Hurricanes. They give you heartbreak constantly. All right, that's Ernie Aymonti. We are the sports rivals. We're going to transition into the NFL. Of course, we're going to start with Ernie's Pittsburgh Steelers. As much as they've struggled offensively, as much as Ernie wants to move on from Matt Canada, the Steelers are in first place after today's victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Smoke. Your thoughts on today's game? Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. I mean, they're first place in their division. Smoke and mirrors. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it. One game, one game this season, the offense, did the offense produce more than two touchdowns? I mean, I, I don't know what's... I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, thank God that we have that, that defense. And the defense really is a lot of pressure is being put on top of them. The, I mean, the offense can't stay on the field long enough where the defense can actually have adequate rest. And it's not that the defense is just playing good. The defense is turning the ball over. Yeah, the defense is their best offense. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, today T.J. Watt is... 
playing at an unheard of level. Oh, yeah. Eight sacks already. How many forced <laughs> fumbles, fumble recoveries? He's just a monster. And he's not doing it alone. Yeah. But, man, their defense is just keeping them in the game. I, I can't believe they're in first place because they've done nothing offensively through five weeks. They haven't. And unless that offensive line starts to produce the way they should be producing. Now, the good signs about it is Broderick Thomas uh, started his first game of the season because Dan Moore is, is injured. He actually played last week because of Dan Moore's injury <coughs> at right tackle. And he is, when they had good runs, they had it on his side of the ball today. So that's, I, I, when, I think he secured that position for the remainder of the year. And I think he just grows from that. I'm very disappointed in the acquisition of Seo Malu at uh, right guard. To me, he hasn't uh, shown that Philadelphia dominance that he sh- that he had last year. He, it's not transferable to this line. <sighs> That's got to change. The trenches is where it's at. If they can't win the trenches, uh, there's no way that they can keep up this pace. I mean, Tomlin will find himself with his first losing season. But if they can, there's a there's a you know what. They just know how to win. This team, uh, again, how many years of non-losing season? They just know how to win. I, I think if they can just fix that part of the game, uh, they can do some damage. Yeah, they definitely usually get better throughout the season as long as they stay healthy. One one uh, offensive lineman that the Steelers don't have that I, I'm glad we have is uh, Mr. Dotson. He's now our starting right guard for the Los Angeles Rams, and he's been playing pretty well for the last couple of weeks since he stepped in there. Speaking of my Rams, it was a loss today. As you remember, I had Philadelphia laying the four and a half. They covered the spread 23 to 14. It was exactly what I thought. The Rams, uh, the, the The Eagles offensive and defensive lines were going to be too much to handle for the entirety of the game. I thought the Rams offense played well again in the first half. And that seems to be what the Rams have done all season long. The Rams had uh, the 49ers on the ropes at halftime. The Eagles at the ropes at halftime. The Bengals on the ropes at halftime. Up 23 to 0 on the Colts and blowing out the Seahawks. What I think the Rams struggle with is the lack of depth. And they don't have subs. So it's the same guys basically trying to to play the whole game and they wear down in the second half and I think that was really evident but it was so nice to see Cooper Cup on the field like he didn't miss a beat I think he went for almost 100 yards if not over 100 yards in his first game back Puka Nakua still doing his thing with seven catches and a touchdown Um, still proud of my Rams I mean I was telling Ernie off the air the Rams are two and three but our schedule is brutal we've lost to the five and Eagles the five and oh 49ers we beat the 3-1 Seahawks. We lost at Cincinnati, who has struggled so far, but they got off the schneid today. Um, and who else did we Who else did we lose to? Wait, I'm drawing that's a blank it, That's now. it. They've only played five games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we beat the Colts last week. So, But upcoming, Ernie's excited because his Steelers are coming into town. Loss. So the Rams get the Cardinals next week. Hopefully we get a victory there. Then we get the Steelers coming off a bye. And then the very next week, we get the Cowboys coming off a bye. Um the Rams are staring at at least three and five at the end of eight games. But that being said... They're overachieving in my eyes. My eyes are telling me they're so much better than I thought they were going to be, despite their 2-3 and three record. I still have a hope that in the NFC, they could still play or work their way into a wild card because there's really no one else other than the really, really good teams. So let's talk a little bit. We'll start in the NFC uh, this week. We talked about the Eagles win. They're 5-0 in the big game of the week that just ended. The San Francisco 49ers, my other pick of the week, my first 2-0 week of the year. Thank goodness. <laughs> Finally, the 49ers put a whooping on the Dallas Cowboys, 42-10. They completely dominated this game other than one drive. Four Cowboy turnovers, countless sacks, tackles for losses, less than 200 yards for the Cowboys, four touchdown passes for Brock Purdy, three to to George Kittles this 49er team Ernie if they stay healthy 
they could make a run at 17 and 0 in the regular season. Now that's a lot to be said. They're going to start resting players if they if they get yeah. an insurmountable lead. But this is the most dominant football team that I can remember on both sides of the ball because they've always had this talent, but they've never been healthy, and they're all healthy so far this year. Yeah, they. I mean, they've been proving based upon their records and how they they've been winning. I mean, it's been a. It's been a clinic through the first five games of the season. I think the difference between them at the at the number one spot in, in I would be surprised if they're not number one in any poll right now. But the difference between them and whoever is number two, whether it be Philadelphia or whatever team is out there, is is a gap. There's a big gap on top of that. And yeah, they. You know what? When you, for me, it's a little too early. I mean, you you still got twelve more games out there. Uh, Again, got injuries to worry about. Mm-hmm. And there's always those weeks where you, you know, to me, once you start getting around 9-0, and 10-0, that's when the big pressure happens. That's when, to me, that, that wide eye becomes more uh, tunnel vision and you, you know, a lot of, that's, that's when the big games start to, to happen. Because now you're not only just playing to win, the pressure is on to you know, getting to that 16 and 0 or 17 and 0 now that they expanded the game, that's going to be that in itself is tough. But yeah, easily the best team in the NFL. Right now. And those of you that are better, as the 49ers, 5 and 0 against the spread, they're now <laughs> averaging close to 35 points a game, giving up only 13 points a game. That's an average victory of 22 points. They've scored more than 30 points in every single game and held their opponent to under 15 in every single under 17. Oh, no, that's not true because the Rams scored 23. The Rams, the high scores against the 49ers so far this year. The Steelers, only seven against them. That's right, because they couldn't score any defense. (laughs) They couldn't score any defensive touchdowns. Any chance for me to needle Ernie and to take a little bit of solace in my Rams season, I'm going to take it. Let's quickly go through the NFC East. The Giants continue their woeful season. They got pummeled again today by the Dolphins, 31-16 to in a game that shouldn't have been, been that close. No. And then the Washington Commanders on Thursday, they get whooped at home against the Chicago Bears. Chicago winning their first game of the year. So you got the Eagles at 5-0, and two-game lead over the Cowboys now at 3-2. and Commanders 2-3, and Giants at 1 and four in the north the detroit lions i love these detroit lions and my man jared goff you hated Um, him before (laughs) i hated him when he was with the dodgers i mean the rams that last year uh but he's a good guy and they're they're running away with that division now we'll see what green bay has but the detroit lions another big victory today uh, 34 to 42 40, to 20. 42 to 20 over the Carolina Panthers. Another big win, um, helping me in my loser pool as I advance. Green Bay, they play tomorrow night against against the Raiders. We'll see what happens there. The Bears get off the Schneid. They're one and four. And then the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Chiefs today. They fall to one and four after going 13 and four last year. How the tide has turned. And to make matters worse, Justin Jefferson injures his hamstring in the fourth quarter. Looks like he's going to miss some time. So it looks like it's Detroit's division to run away with if they can stay healthy. And then in the South, Ernie, Tampa Bay, um, they're on their bye week. They're at 3-1. and one. The Falcons squeaky win today over the Texans. They're 3-2. and two. The Saints, 3-2. and two. And the Carolina Panthers, 0-5. Oh so Ernie, at this point in time, Carolina's traded their pick to the bears so the bears are looking at one and two in the draft next year that would be a remarkable position to be in yeah interesting to see what they would do with justin fields because there's no doubt they would take caleb williams but justin fields does have eight touchdown passes in the last two weeks yeah i mean that i would expect a trade in some sort of fashion i mean with that you know justin fields to the steelers you know the way Kenny Pig has been playing right now. I, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd listen. I would, I would, I wouldn't take Chase Claypool in that package though. Oh, I wouldn't take him back. How the, that guy has just fallen off the face of the earth. That's why attitude matters. Yeah, 
Antonio Brown the second. And then we talked about the NFC West, the 49ers dominating at five and all. The Seahawks on their bye week, they're at three and one. My Rams two and three. Arizona at one and four. Let's shift ourselves to the AFC. We talked a lot about the Pittsburgh Steelers win over the Ravens. They're now at three and two. The Ravens also at three and two. Uh, Cleveland on their bye, they're two and two. They face the Niners next week, so watch out. Um, and another tidbit that we've seen so far is that every team who's played the 49ers the very next week they lay a dud and they get blown out because the 49ers just pummel you they just they they pummel you and it's very hard to recover from that so whoever plays dallas there's some hope next week i'm not sure who that is um but that's that Cincinnati finally looked like Cincinnati. 15 catches for Jamar Chase. Burrow goes for over 300 yards. He looked pretty healthy. Well, 195 of that was a chase with three touchdowns. So, I mean, that was my pick. I didn't think Cincinnati could score more than 24. They score 34 today. It had to be that day. I mean, boy, Jamar Chase, you killed me today. Yeah, he really did. But that's the this AFC North is... I just I, I I know your Steelers are in there, but I just find it fascinating because like the Steelers have not played well. They're at three and two. The Bengals have been atrocious in most of their games, and they're a game back. Um, it's it's remarkable. It's it's kind of it's kind of amazing. In the AFC East, we talked about the Miami Dolphins who set the record for the most yards. They knocked out my greatest show on turf Rams of 2000, 2,568 yards through five games for the Miami Dolphins. A-Chain looks absolutely phenomenal with his 13 yards per carry That's crazy. game after game after game. Uh, Buffalo loses to Jacksonville in London. <clears throat> they fall to 3-2. and two. The Jets win the... Hackett Bowl. Unreal. Knocking yeah. off Denver 31 to Pay- 21. Yeah. Sean Payton has egg on his face right now. He sure does. And that Denver team is just really struggling. Speaking of struggling, Ernie, the New England Patriots, 38 to 3 last week, 34 to 0 this week. What do you think the over-under is on Belichick retiring at the end of this year? You know, I I, I it's a really tough situation. I mean, if he retires, if he wants to retire, I think that's that's one thing. But to force him out would be that would be remarkable. Um, I can't imagine Robert Kraft firing the guy who has six Super Bowl championships. Just the fact being that they, the cupboard is bare. Yeah, I mean this is this, this is not uh, this is not okay. Next year maybe we have a chance. This team is going to be bad for a while. Well, you Matthew think, Matthew. Uh, Judon is gone for that's their best player and he's gone for the Oh yeah, season. this year they're going to be bad. But if they were to get the number 1 pick and they would get a Caleb Williams, then that guy's a difference maker and but their offense right now is just unwatchable. Whether it's Mac Jones or the offensive line, they're deplete of any kind of offensive talent. Um it's bleak. I mean, this New England team win 4 or 5 games more than five games, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. They are, I don't know. We've not seen this in 20, 25 years, yeah, 20 you know, years. since they've been this irrelevant. And that's, that's amazing. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Buffalo game. I was not surprised that Buffalo lost. I still believe Buffalo is one of the top five teams. And you'll see that when I do my top five. But what an advantage that Jacksonville played in London last week. They had to stay there there. all week where Buffalo had to travel. There's a big difference, and that showed today. I mean, Jacksonville played better. Um, But what scares me about Buffalo, they're losing some key players. Matt Milano carted off today. Daquan Jones, peck injury today. They already lost Travis White, the cornerback, last week to an Achilles. Um, That's four major defensive players that, that have been nicked up. Uh, but I still believe in the Buffalo Bills. But I wasn't surprised that Jacksonville beat them today. No. I mean, across the pond, I mean, if you wanted to travel across the pond, you know, unless you're like the New York Jets, Buffalo is the place to be. To me, that's an excuse that they had to go. It's farther to travel from Buffalo to Cleveland, Ohio. You know, that's a, that's a further flight from where, from where they are right now into London. Uh, 
But I do think the advantage was towards Jacksonville because they didn't fly at all and they were already acclimated. But Buffalo, you you just laid an egg, and it's 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 kind of shown because when Buffalo beats teams, they demolish teams. Yeah. But when they lose, they lose. It's it's disappointing losses. Let's just say that. Yeah, I don't think it's as much as the flying as it is just being in a new area and just the marvel of London if you've never been there for some of their players. But Buffalo loses. Um, speaking of the South, the Jags go to 3-2. and two. The Colts surprising 3-2, and two, although Anthony Richardson injures his shoulders today. Uh, the Texans at 2-3, and three, Tennessee at 2-3. and three. So next week, it's the Titans and the Ravens again from London. Um, but both of those teams... Both traveling at the same time, both having the same amount of time there. There should be no excuses. We'll see who wins that one. I like Baltimore in me the game. Too. I mean, to me, they if you watch the game, they should have won that game. They they gave it away. Thank goodness they gave it away. But you know what? It wasn't like we talked about off the air that interception that he threw in the end zone that I thought was crazy. But what was really he had in the first half when they went up 10-0, Rashad Bateman just flat out dropped, dropped the touchdown. He drops. They, they had six drops in the yeah, game. Yeah, and then, well, I wasn't watching a, a lot of it, but I saw that drop. I saw Zay Flowers drop something. Um, they had the dropsies. So, yeah, Baltimore left one on the table, but Ernie will take it. AFC West, Chiefs continue to win 4-1. Uh, the Chargers at 2-2. Two two. They're on their bye week. Raiders play tomorrow. They're at 1-3. And, and then the lowly Denver Broncos fall to one and four and russell wilson's five-year extension doesn't start until next year breaking news nathaniel hackett sends out a tweet sean payton is doing the worst job in his nfl (laughs) career (laughs) egg on foot in mouth insert here yeah sean payton this is so foreign this gotta be foreign it's the offense is playing better but the defense has fallen off the face of the earth which is incredible but that goes to coaching Mm -hmm. either he brought in the wrong coach or he got rid of the wrong people but that defense is not anywhere near what they once were. So, no, yeah, not close. We alluded to our picks for this week. My first 2-0 week. Woo-hoo! With the 49ers and the Phillies. Man, I hate the 49ers, but they won. And I bet against my Rams, but I won. So I, I almost can't be too happy. But I am. <laughs> when it's your first 2-0 week, you can be happy. Ernie rose with the Dolphins. Easy victory over the Giants. And then he struggled with the Arizona Cardinals. Plus three against Cincy. Ernie still has won three out of his last four. So, as we always do one week early, and we update it later in the week if anything happens, we're going to give you our best thoughts for early look for next weekend. Ernie, where are you going? Okay, I mentioned the Buffalo Bills in regards to, you know, when they have disappointing losses, it's disappointing. But when they win, they win big time. And uh, if there was no line on top of this, I think everyone would pick Buffalo in this game. But they're going to win, and they're going to win big. The line is huge on this game. It's 14 and a half points. Take the Buffalo Bills to rebound. I don't care if there's injuries on top on, on that team. Uh, Josh Allen is going to produce as well as, the, as well as the rest of the team. Take Buffalo 14 and a half. Uh, my second team is going to be with the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's just a, a very balanced team in my opinion. Decent, good to decent defense, but above average offense. And your man... Goff over there is a big part of that. And today they did it without St. Brown and without Jameer Gibbs. And they still put up 42. Well, winning is contagious. And that's what they have. They have all, you know, they came in this season with really not too much expectations. At least Ligua. Maybe internally there was because they won, I I believe, towards the ending of the year. They they, they They were coming off a hot streak from last year. But they got something to prove. They're gonna take that over. They've scored 30-plus points in three of the last four games. 
Take the Detroit Lions minus three next week. See, I like Ernie's uh, <clears throat> Ernie's pick there. I, I really like the Detroit Lions. I know Tampa Bay is coming off a bye, um, but Detroit is playing really, really well. They went on a Thursday night to Green Bay and waxed them uh, two week, uh, last week. I think they're going to be able to handle Tampa Bay. I really like Ernie's pick there. Uh, Buffalo, 14 and a half. We'll see if this spread goes higher. We'll see if Saquon Barkley comes back, but Ernie's right. Uh, when Buffalo wins, they usually roll teams like they did three weeks in the row, including the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, and the Giants are just a brutal mess. They can't score. And Daniel Jones went out with a neck injury, probably yeah. is out next week as well. So they are a complete mess at this point in time. All right. So for me, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Right now, that spread is two and a half against New England. The way New England looks, we just alluded to it now, nobody looks worse than them at this point in time. Their offense is anemic. And I think the Raiders can put up 20 points will be a 10-point victory the way the New England Patriots are playing right now. So I like the Raiders laying the two and a half at home against New England. And then in my other pick, I like the San Francisco 49ers. Right now, they're giving three at the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm expecting that that line is probably going to go up, but I'm going to continue to roll and ride with the 49ers minus three. So for me, it's San Francisco minus three at Cleveland. Raiders minus two and a half versus New England. Ernie goes Buffalo laying the wood 14 and a half versus the Giants and Detroit minus three at Tampa Bay. Again, we're not telling you who to pick. We're just telling you who we would pick. Yeah. Right? So make sure that you understand that. But you're catching us at a good time. Yep. I will be 500 by this time next week. I mean, over 500. I'm 500 now. I'll be one game over 500 by next week. We're both three out of our last four ready to roll. So let's jump into our top five teams. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. It's, for me, it's basically the same teams, just in a slightly different order. San Francisco, clearly to me, the number one team in the NFL. Like Ernie said earlier, I don't even think it's close. I think if they were to play Philly, it, it would be they would give them a beat down. Um, Philadelphia, though, for me, is number two. They are 5-0. and oh. They still have a dominant offense and defensive lines. And when you can control the lines of scrimmage, you always have a shot. And they haven't played their best ball yet, and they're still 5-0. and oh. Kansas City, to me, moves up uh, to number three. They're 4-1. and one. Um, They just find a way to win. Yeah, they're, mean, they, they're, they're winning they close have, ones. They're winning close yeah, ones. they're winning close ones. They have the best player on the planet. Um I, I, I have them there at number three. Number four for me will be Miami. Miami's at four and one. Even if they lost to Buffalo last week, I'll, I'll put Miami uh, there at number four. And then at five, I'm going to have Buffalo um, because I believe they are the, one of the top five teams. But I do want to give a... Well, you know what? Let me let you do your top five first. Uh, Buffalo, I still believe Dallas is a good team. Losing to the 49ers is, is no shame. But I'll go San Fran 1, Philly 2, KC 3, Miami 4, Buffalo 5. What say you? It's almost the same way except for number five. But let me let me just go uh, in order. Like, like you said, San Francisco by far number one. Uh, the, the second and third place, Philadelphia and Kansas City, both been... Uh, not to say struggle, but not winning in 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 the fashion where you, where you think these top teams should win. Uh, they are vulnerable any given week. I think they can uh, they they can be beat. But I have Philadelphia undisputed in my opinion. You can't knock them down. They they keep on winning. So they are my number two. Kansas City, the top team in the AFC. Uh, only reason why they're there is because their last loss was. Before Miami's last loss, I have Miami, like you said, number four on that. But my number five team, not Dallas, not Buffalo, but the Detroit Lions. See, that's where I was going to mention, but I had a feeling <coughs> you were going to slide them in there. Um, they deserve it. They deserve it. They're four and one, and they've been beating teams. They've been beating good teams. They beat Kansas City. Yes. First now, game granted, the they didn't have Kelsey and Chris Jones, but they still beat them they still on beat the road. Them. They st- uh, you can't. You can't. You can only beat the team that shows up. Yeah. You can't fault them for that, and they've been winning, and they've been winning in good fashion. I was not surprised with their offense. I am definitely surprised with their defense. Aiden Hutchinson, who they brought in, isn't a world beater, but I think he's a good leader on that field, and I think that part uh, is contagious in their defense. They've been playing 
decent defense, especially during the times that they really needed. They've been really stepping up. They're a good second half team. Mm-hmm. When they needed the points, they can score. Today's fashion, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. They they can do it whenever when it's called upon. That's a good team in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, they were a bottom five defense last year. They're a top 10 defense this year. So they're not just a mediocre. They've been playing really, really well. I love Aiden Hutchinson. He's a relentless football player. He's not as good as Nick Bosa, but he's cut from that same mold. But man, that guy has good hands. Do you see his interception today? It was on a screen. He drops back, tips it to himself picks it off and sets Detroit right up for their second touchdown. He's got true for a defensive lineman. He's probably got like five, six interceptions already in a year and a half. It's, it's remarkable. I love that, that pick of Detroit there. Um, I just believe that if they played Buffalo right now, I believe Buffalo would beat them, but I like that you have them in your top five because they deserve it. When was the last time Detroit was in anyone's top five? It's been a oh, long, not, yeah, long not even time. Barry Sanders years. But guys, I, we're curious as to what you guys think because you could go in so many different directions. You Dallas fans probably think Dallas should still be there. You Jag fans are like, hey, we've beaten Kansas City, we've beaten, oh, you lost to Kansas City, we've beat Buffalo, we're three and two now. Maybe we should be there. Steeler fans, those of you that thought they were going to go seventeen and zero, probably think they should be there. Ravens fans, there's so many opinions. So again. Hit us up on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. So before I turn it over to Ernie again, we want to always thank the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It's amazing how busy and how hard these people are working. Right now, they're at the Clipper game because we do host Clippers, and the Clippers are here in Hawaii playing a game tonight at the Stan Sheriff Arena. Hopefully, there are two or three people there that actually care about the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> But the Hawaii Sports Radio Network carries all Clipper games, Dallas Cowboy games, USC games, and of course, all your HPU and OIA sports. <laughs> Kule and Paul Breck, weekday mornings from 8 to 9 on a Wake Up in the Den. They do an incredible job. Again, that's on 95.1 FM, 7.60 AM, Wake Up in the Den with Kule and Paul Breck on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We're proud to be a part of their family. So, closing thoughts. Always Interesting to see where Ernie goes with his thoughts. Ernie, what are we talking about today? Well, if it was if it was really my thought, my thought would have been uh, really on Israel, what's happening over there with uh, you know that's that unfortunate surprise attack from Hamas in a Gaza Strip. But that's not sports. Sports is here to take away, uh, take us away from all that. We're, I'm gonna hope and pray that you know that uh, conflict gets resolved in its own way in a, in uh, as quick a fashion as as possible thoughts and prayers to all those who have lost uh lives and loved ones you know in that conflict but you know to move on because this is a sports show uh with the opening of uh training camp for the nba i was thinking okay everybody's right now you know when you go into uh these press conferences (coughs) everybody has high hopes for you know Getting to the championship uh, for my for my Boston Celtics, you know, a lot of things happen. But I want to go in the opposite way. I want to pick the dark horses from each conference on who I think is actually gonna you know cause some damage in the playoffs. And with the expansion last year from eight teams to ten teams in the play, in these playoffs, uh, I think it's. Uh, more exciting in my opinion I mean you had the Miami Heat who came from the playing tournament and your Los Angeles Lakers both of those teams went far into the playoffs to do some damage so I think these two teams you know based upon what happened last year uh, <clears throat> at least has to have a puncher's chance <clears throat> I think everybody's been riding on uh, OKC I'm not going to pick OKC uh, we all know how talented their roster is. Only going to get better with the emergence of Chet Holbrook coming back from injury. But I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz as a dark horse. In my opinion, this has a good blend of young talent and experienced veterans uh, that can do some damage. They got a good young coach uh, that came from the Boston Celtics who I think is better 
in my opinion, better than Missoula, even though I think I like, I'm liking Missoula more this year. But you got lineups with Jordan Clarkson, uh, Walker Kessler at center, who I think is going to have a terrific career. Laurie Markkanen, whose who's, uh, game was resurrected there. <coughs> Former Gonzaga and Canadian Kelly Olenek. They brought in John Collins uh, on that roster. They pick up THT last year and a good rookie in o- Ochai uh, Agbaji. That's a plus Colin Sexton. That is a very good young roster. And I think with the development of chemistry being that last year was really the first time these uh, particular players really played with each other. I think with one year under their belt, they'll even do better this year. Look for the Utah Jazz to come in <coughs> past the playing game. I don't even think they're going to be playing. I think they're going to finish top six on that side of the ball. On the second, on, on the east side, look, for, look at the Orlando Magic. I'm not sure if that's going to be a surprise team for uh, a lot of you out there, but <coughs> for me... <coughs> This team can even do better in the East than the Jazz in the West. I think the Jazz, the West may have a, a little bit more talent on their side. But with the East, other than Boston and Milwaukee, I think the East is wide open. They bring in Joe Inglis as veteran leadership. We all know about Paulo and his remarkable rookie campaign. Uh, Franz Wagner, the, his uh, you know, youngling counterpart who came in the year prior along with his brother, Mo Wagner. Uh, surprising, watch this name. This name has been out for a while. He was injured like two out of the, uh, I think two out of the last three years. Jonathan Isaac, a slight athletic par forward. He will do damage this year. And they've got a bevy of guards in Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, <clears throat> Uh, and they just brought in Anthony Black. Uh, watch for a trade before the trade deadline. I think they turn in one of those uh, guards to fulfill whatever the need they need in order to make the, that run. The Orlando Magic, in my opinion, they're going to do some big damage this year. Uh, I, again, I really think that, that this team, if they play on all cylinders with the talent that, that they have and with... Uh, Assets they have in order to do trades, and, and they've got a ton of cap spaces. This team can can make trades. Uh, look for them to have a very surprising breakout year. So those are my two two dark horses. I don't think they're going to win championships, but in my opinion, they're going to open some eyes, and I think the fans of those two franchises have very prosperous, at least the next two or three years, depending on how they build upon their teams. All right. So the Utah Jazz, I like Walker Kessler. I think he is going to be a star in this league. Um, Orlando Magic, I mean, Disney World. I mean, what's not to like about them and Jalen Suggs? <laughs> so I hope they do well. I just want to throw out uh, someone else that, that I was thinking about that has been so far down recently is the Detroit Pistons. They got talent. All of this is going to be dependent on can Kate Cunningham stay healthy because he has been brilliant through the summer process Uh, on the select team. He was dominating, um, but he has to stay healthy. But you have him, Jaden Ivey. You have uh, Jalen Duran. Marvin Bagley has been playing really well. Again, he has to stay healthy. They still have James Wiseman. They have a lot of top five pick talent on that roster. If they can stay healthy, if they can gel, I like them. The West is loaded, and, and so you're right. I mean, with Utah, they could be much, much better, and still struggle to get into the top six because the West really is, really is loaded. Um, but the MVP of the league this year, if it's not Jordan Poole from the Washington Wizards, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. The Wizards could probably be the worst team or one of the worst teams. They did. I, I would pick them to be one of the worst teams. I think jo- Jordan Poole is a good talent. I think he prospered off of the spacing that the, uh, the Warriors provided for him. I think he struggles this year. Oh, I think he averages 25. I don't, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised. I don't think he gets the, the same looks. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> 
Ernie, can you guys tell Ernie is an NBA first guy? He's just he has <laughs> such a passion for the NBA. His closing thought is hitting you guys with sleepers, not his Celtics, not anti-Lakers, but the Utah Jazz and the Orlando <sighs> Magic, two teams on the come up, teams to watch. I especially want the Magic to do well. I could care less about Utah because they're in the Lakers side. Yeah, you you got got Jalen Suggs. You got Franz and Mo Wagner from Michigan. Michigan. That's right. You got Paolo Banchero from Duke. Duke. Oh, yeah, that's right. These are all players that that I liked uh, at the collegiate level. So great job, Ernie, getting us NBA ready. That kickoff tournament that's going to be in November and December, that's going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. We're big soccer fans. We know that soccer, Does it. professional soccer has these tournaments throughout. And I like the way that they're incorporating the regular season games into the tournament. So it's not additional games other than if you play in the championship game. But that's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, how teams treat it. I, I've been hearing that the veterans are actually being that this is the first year and there's prize money to be won that they want to they want to put more effort into this to help their teammates that aren't being paid because it's straight off even off the board set prize money amount and it helps your rookies and your you know your minimum wage players you know so i think i think there's good i I think they're gonna put more effort into this than if it was just straight regular season. Oh, I agree, I, I, and that's what I think is going to make this interesting. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're creating a competitive environment that's going to cause these players to treat games in November, December as if they're as important, not as the playoffs, right. but as March and April when things are getting a lot more serious. So that's that should be that should be interesting. It's uh, as long as it's not detracting from or adding play uh, games to the schedule that make it harder when these teams want to sit out. I'm all for it. Anything that can make it, make it more exciting and more competitive when it's not, um, I'm all in for. So that is the NBA. Ernie's got me fired up about the NBA. Lakers. They're going to be good. Lakers and Celtics in the finals. That That's a definite Whoever possible. wins gets that 18th banner. Is it 18? Yes, 18. (laughs) It's 18. You're right. They're both stuck on 17. All right, gang. That brings us to another end of a week. Again, hit us up on social media at Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook. Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Who's your top five? What picks do you like going into next week? Anything else that you want to talk about? There are no questions that we cannot or will not answer to the best of our ability. Again, thank you to the White Sports Radio Network and Ernie. Anything else? I'm good. All right. Until next week, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.